We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kirkwood, Kirk Dees, here with uh, an old colleague who I've been doing this show uh, every year with, uh, Brett Hartfield, Killer B2482. Great to have you back. Um, Excited about it. And then the new uh, king of this uh, podcast is going to be Toe Tag and Tambo, Tyler Tambolene. Uh, I believe you're uh, Canada's number one DFS player. I'm going to say that (laughs) for sure, but uh, um, we'll go with it. I I don't think so, but let's do it. Tax-free winnings though. That's, uh, that's nice. Yes, it is. What's going on, fellas? We're here to talk uh, week one NFL. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man. Uh, Kind of been, you know, waiting for this, uh, this week, like for quite a while. Didn't know if it was going to happen. Obviously we've all been, probably doing our own little quarantine and uh, kind of sick of this whole process. But uh, now that we got sports, uh, I mean, my focus has been a lot on NBA uh, baseball. So uh, luckily, I guess I got sucked into a little bit of uh, best ball this past week. So got, uh, got all my NFL info as much as I could get at least uh, with the setup with no preseason um, in this past week. But yeah, I don't know what your situation is, Tambo, but uh, I, I know you're more in those uh, PGA streets, but uh, how are you feeling with NFL? Yeah, I'm, feel, I'm feeling good, man. It's good to be back. I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's going to be a fun pod to do this year with you. I'm taking over from my boy JSU, so he, he's doing just fine, but I, I heard everyone that comes on this podcast starts scooping up six-figure scores left and right, so I'm looking forward to that this year. Maybe that will propel me to be in Canada's number one DFS player, but I appreciate the nice intro. I, I've been grinding out, man. Same as you, you know, in a bit of quarantine mode in, in the PGA streets. Like you said, that's sort of a, a difference maker this year where we've got the crossover of PGA happening at the same time as this. So like I'm, you know, doing week one stuff here and then prepping for the U S open a major in golf next week. So it's a, a lot going on, but excited to be here. And I think this podcast, you know, I listened to it a lot in the past. You guys are great. Happy to be on here with you and excited to talk some of the slate and some of these guys and sort of how you guys build your lineups and get unique with them. Yeah, uh, and uh, pour a little uh, liquor off for our boy uh, JSU. Um, but uh, you're going to fill into those uh, – actually, big shoes to fill, I would say, normally. But in his case, they're actually – probably <laughs> what, what, like a size size 8 or a size 9. Oh, um, just a short joke right away. Come on. Geez. Now that um, he leaves. 
So uh, you'll slide in quite comfortably. Um, all right. So here we are. We're back to talk football. Yes. Uh, I, I, I was made to quarantine, so that's not a problem for me. Um, it's been a crazy year, no doubt about it. Um, it's a crazy day today, too. Uh, September 11th recording um, brings back all the feels. I'll never forget where I was. Um, I, quick little story. We lost a close family friend. My sister was living in New York City at the time, and uh, one of her good friends was a flight attendant on the flight to out of Boston. Oh, wow. That, yeah, and uh, it was her day off. She was covering for somebody else, and uh, it was just craziness to get the news, and um, so I'll, I'll never forget that day. But um, it just makes you think, you know, just – it's just been such a crazy year in general, everything going on. It's, it's nice to have some football back in our lives. Right. Yeah. So, um, so Brett, tell the people why uh, it's so nice to have our football back in our lives. Yeah. I mean, there's a hundred million reasons why you should listen up. Uh, so DraftKings, obviously you guys know uh, the leader in one day fantasy sports is celebrating the return of sports by giving away $100 million in prizes to all their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home $1 million. Uh, so to, pretty easy to claim your share of the 100 million in instant giveaways. All you have to do is download the app, sign up using the promo code DFF, then enter DraftKings, uh, for the free football survivor pool. Yes. It's really that easy to claim your share of up to 100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running, uh, with a $1 million cash prize. Uh, while the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor pool. Uh, will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entry. Um, yeah, uh, while you're in the app, don't forget to check out all the great daily fantasy contests uh, DraftKings is hosting for this week's basketball and golf action. Uh, call that action. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code DFF to claim your share of $100 million to, uh, in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for $1 million cash prize, uh, top prize. Uh, that's promo code DFF to get your share of $100 million in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Now that we got that over the way, yeah. uh, let's, let's dive into week one, boys. This is what we're here for. Uh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be joining Tambo on that millionaire maker. Um, I know Tambo plays that a lot. So this is, this is going to be a uh, work in progress as we go. Like you said, uh, you know, I, there's just too much sports going on. I'm getting my, my feet wet back in the NFL. It was great to have the game last night. Um, I'm getting excited about the slate. I'm starting to enter like crazy. So I want to win. Uh, and Tambo, I'm going to promise you, you're a six figure score by the end of the season for you yourself. Cause that's just what happens here. It's going to happen. I promise you that. Um, all right. So we got 12 games, um, some nice totals, um, just big picture overview. What stands out to you just before we get going in, we're going to go position by position, talk about our favorite plays at running back QB wide receiver, tight end throw in some stacks that uh the three of us like we'll probably debate a couple of things here and there but uh big picture overview of the slate um what stands out to you tambo yeah it's always the same thing i think in week one you know a couple things that i'll make note of quick one is the group think right so i know we're on here to talk about tournament takes we're going to have some ideas we're going to use you know i've got lineup hq up in front of me with some of the projected ownership that's already out there right now that we can look off of and, and sort of make some picks against or how do we leverage certain spots positions and guys you can almost see what a cash game build looks like already if you've done any research this week because pieces are just falling into place, right? And so you got to look at ways to leverage that, especially in week one. There's a lot of opportunity there. A lot of your 
your quote unquote guys that you're about, this is the time to play them, right? Time to get a little bit different. The other thing that stands out is, you know, we talked about it, the quarantine coming off it, no preseason. It's completely different than what we're used to or what we've seen in the past. And with that said, I think there's going to be a lot more mixing it up, right? We saw it last night in the Thursday night football game. You know, there was a, a mix of some running backs in there and changing it up. Obviously Duke Johnson got injured. That changed it for the Houston side when they were down and needed to come back, but they were still mixing up some of the receivers, all that. They're going to be resting guys a little bit more. So I just think that's something to be leery of as you go through the, throughout the week and don't just play all the chalk, right? We're looking to take down these tournaments. Like you said, the millionaire maker with the $5 one this week has like a million people in it. So you're going to have to be different in certain places. And we're going to talk about that on today's pod. Yep. Uh, thing that stands out to me is uncertainty, right? Like week one is always uncertainty, but now it's like absolutely magnified with all, all of this, what's been going on without the preseason. I mean, we don't have the preseason info. Um, and I, I, I am with you. I expect running backs, um, usage to be light in to comparison to what we uh, are used to. So I think like trying to find the true bell cow is going to, going to be very important. Um, yeah, man. So there's just a lot that we don't really know. How about, how you feeling, Brett? Yeah. I mean, like right now we're diving into a lot of uh, coach speak, right. Or, um, you know, just hearing like what teams possibly are going to be doing, but we, we don't really know. We haven't seen a lot of action. We're, we're trusting a lot of beat writers, um, Hearing, hearing some things out of coaches possibly saying they're going to not give a guy a full work, work share um, or at least, you know, slowly bring him in. Um, I, think, I think looking at this main slate, uh, it's, there's not one game that really sticks out uh, from, you know, the Vegas point of view. Uh, looking at, you know, just points-wise, the Seattle-Atlanta game is at 49, right? And then the Jets at Buffalo is 39 and a half. So we don't even have – we don't have a, a line that's or a over under that's over 50. So I think you're going to really have to rely more on ownership uh, numbers uh, this week than I would on normal weeks. And, you know, be, don't, don't like be uh, in love with like projections this week, because projections, I think you can just throw out, look more at ownership side. I would, I would way rather uh, this week, uh, go with a lower lower owned guy that's projected very similar um, than a guy that's going to be three times four times more owned uh, for sure this week. Yeah, that's a, that's a definitely a good take. Um, and uh, so let's just at least you know nothing stands out to you from a Vegas total standpoint, but let's at least just touch on the on the big picture overview from the implied total that are on here. We've got the. I guess the uh, the highest on the slate is the the Falcons Seahawks. Is that correct? Uh, Forty nine yeah. point total. Um, then we got uh, um, the Cardinals game San Fran. You know, and everyone thinks you know the San Fran defense is uh, so legit, and they are legit. But this is a should be a, a even more high powered offense uh, coming into its own in the Arizona, who actually put up a ton of points against them last season when they played. I know Kenyon Drake went off. Um, Baltimore Ravens, um, Lamar, you know, that's always a key decision point in the slate, whether we want a Lamar, how much Lamar we want to do, because he's going to be chalk. We know in best balls, like people just love clicking Lamar, right? Same thing with uh, DraftKings. Everyone wants that, that rushing upside. Um, and then, uh, and then we got some sneakier games that, you know, should have the capability of uh, completely popping off, which would be uh, Oakland, Carolina with a 47 and a half point total. Then you got uh 
the new uh, high-powered Tom Brady, uh, rest in peace, New England fans like me, um, <laughs> offense uh, playing uh, New Orleans. Uh, so that's another another big one. And uh, then just uh, some other games that, you know, maybe we'll have some plays, but uh, nothing really to focus on. Um, but uh, let's start it off the QB position – or no, running back position. Sorry, last year we always did QB, but let's let's do running back since that's kind of the foundation. Um, I know that uh, we uh, aren't going to be able to trust all these workloads and whether these – you know, we're probably going to see a lot of running back by committees just, just to get people, you know, in shape, in, in tune with the offense, plus uh, less risk of injury without the, the full preseason. So, like – the typical workhorses may not be uh, – we may not be able to count on for such huge usage, but we do have Christian McCaffrey right at the top, and I think we can count on uh, on usage for him, plus all reports out of uh, Carolina and the coaching staff um, at, have after practicing and everything have said that they're not going to you know scroll back any of his usage this season, and they're going to even probably look to – get him even more involved in the passing game than he is with, uh, with low, you know, lining him up on uh, wide receiver sets and stuff. So he's going to kind of be like that. Uh, remember when Le'Veon Bell was the, the top receiver and the top running back? Um, we may get that situation unfold at some points in times this season. So McCaffrey, what are your guys' thoughts with him right off the bat? I mean, obviously we don't have to tell people he's, he's awesome. Like everyone knows it, but uh, how are you guys approaching from DFS Tambo? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be overweight. I think it's a, a spot. We, and that's why we start with running back this year. Like you mentioned for the pod, it's kind of this sort of dictates where you go. It's an area where you can be a little less contrarian, in my opinion. There's still going to be contrarian plays, and, I, and I'll get to some when we go through it. But I think with a guy like him, you talk about just how many carries, uh, catches that you just mentioned you can get. Joe Brady being there now, uh, you know, a guy that can really spark him up, said it in any of his, you know, talking back to what Brett was going with, with coach speak, saying that, you know, he, I don't think he actually had too many carries or any or too many touches. I think that was fine. And we could even do the same or ramp it up. So then you got Teddy B there now, check down King. I think, you know, if they're, whether they're up, down, doesn't really matter. He's going to be involved in the game. He's out there all the time. So uh, running back to spot, I'm not afraid to go with some of the chalk and he'd be the best chalk in my opinion. And right now he's showing it like 25% ownership. I really don't think that's crazy. You could actually argue that that might not even be enough. So I'm definitely going to be in on CMC and then I'll look to use them more in a secondary correlation spot than just, you know, setting up a, you know, Derek Carr the other way. We'll, we'll segue into quarterbacks and whatnot later, but I'd really like him. And then we'll get to some of the receivers for Las Vegas a little bit after this. I would say right now, I kind of want to be under the ownership. It's tough for me to stomach a 10K guy in week one because uh, currently I think I'm paying that price mainly for what he did last year, right? And obviously, uh, this is a totally new situation, which is probably a good overall situation for Carolina, right? New head coach, uh, Matt Rule, offense coordinator, like uh, Tambo just said, of uh, Joe Brady coming over from LSU and then Teddy Bridgewater. I just don't know how much of Christian McCaffrey uh, that I want when I see like a Delvin Cook at 7.9. Again, like this is just a spot where McCaffrey is the first guy I'm putting in my cash games. But tournament wise, I feel like I can get guys that are going to be two to two and a half K cheaper uh, with similar amount of touches uh, and just hoping that they break also uh, like a big game. And I can use 
I can use a, a lot of that money towards my wide receivers, which I think the uh, stud wide receivers are going to be lower owned uh, this week. So. Um, you know, you don't, you don't see that nice 45.9 DraftKings total. He had um, week one last season. Doesn't scare you at all. That's, that's going to happen again in week one. Um, it might. Um, so uh, the thing here that stands out to me is the, the fact that um, we, we know what we're getting with him. You know, he basically has barely ever, we can count on him for at least 20 fantasy points, you know, basically. And then he has monster upside. Um, also the um, space of the Raiders who ranked 20th in DVOA last season versus the run. Um, plus they're uh, younger now. And, uh, you know, their defense is going to be uh, trying to, I don't know how, how to put this best, but they're going to be young and inexperienced. So it's going to probably be tough sledding to avoid it. Plus they also um, allowed more fantasy points to running backs in the passing game than rushing game. So like it just sets up perfectly for him. So it's like, and then we have all this uncertainty with guys like uh, who I'd want to be, pivoting to instead to try to beat him, you know, uh, I would want to be going to like a Miles Sanders potentially who, um, but you know, that's going to be a tougher matchup than expected because Washington has a really tough uh, front line, but also we have to worry about him being banged up and not getting a full Mm -hmm. workload. Um, The only other guy that I really like love besides McCaffrey is in the same game is Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs. Yeah. and, uh, you know, because Kamara is – it's a tough matchup with Tampa Bay. I mean, I I, I like him, but it's still tough. Um, Dalvin Cook potentially could go toe-to-toe, you know, um, on, a, on a good week. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe we, we talk about Todd Gurley, um, you know, try to use him while we can, while, he's, while, he's, while his knee is healthy. Um, and uh, that's certainly a good game environment. But uh, – I mean, man, it just, yeah, it's like we're paying, we're paying so much, but at least we can like count on that production and get different in other places. So man, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of unsure. I think I'm going to take the overweight approach as well. Um, But let's talk about Josh Jacobs because that's a guy, I mean, I have to love on the other side of the game. Um, Panthers were ranked uh, dead last in DVOA versus the run. Uh, Raiders obviously can be annoying using Jalen Richard in the passing game. Um, But, uh, they project, you know, the Carolina defense to be extremely poor uh, this season. And so uh, Jacobs would score all of his points when they were winning games, right? Like he was the guy, if yeah. they were down, he'd get completely game scripted out. They are one and a half point favorites, opened as three point favorites. But so this should be a closer, like at least very competitive game, you would hope. And uh, that leads me to thinking that he could be, this could be a two touchdown game for Josh Jacobs. What are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah I mean, I currently, I, cur- I currently have it as a three point game. I think, I think uh, you just reverse that and open at a one and a half and it's at three right now. But um, I, looking at the first like eight games for Oakland, I mean, this might be the only spot that I buy like Josh Jacobs. Uh, uh, I was kind of uh, obviously just coming off of best ball and didn't really like Josh Jacobs opening uh, schedule. Like he's got a tough schedule overall, but uh, this spot versus Carolina. Uh, I mean, I just, I see him just toting the rock a lot. Um, obviously not a great DraftKings play just because we're unsure of the, the, the catches being there. Um, but they did let uh, quite a few guys go um, that were running backs that could potentially steal um, 
the catches third down work uh, for Jacobs. And I kind of just, I feel like this is a, a spot where they're just, they're just going to hammer uh, Jacobs quite a bit. There's not, there's not a lot of spots that I, I feel like I have uh, a lot of conviction or confidence in, but this is one where I just think like Jacobs, Jacobs is the guy Gruden's going to give him, make sure uh, he gets the ball quite a bit uh, in this game. So uh, I like, I like this uh, way more than like, I want to pay 10 K for McCaffrey. And if, you know, if, if, if he does have success, it's going to take a lot less plays for Carolina, even though, you know, having Joe Brady uh, and they were talking about having, you know, really quick pace uh, to their offense, which, I mean, that's, that's obviously a a positive for McCaffrey. I just feel like uh, Oakland could, um, you know, really slow this game down quite a bit um, with being effective with Jacobs. Yeah. And it's a, I think it's a good way to leverage it. Like I said, I, I'll be, on Josh Jacobs as well. I really don't like playing the two of them together. I know some people suspect that, you know, Josh Jacobs could score, you know, two touchdowns, which we want him to do and stay in the game script. And then that, you know, involves CMC getting all these checkdowns on the way back. But I really don't want my 10K guy to have to get there that way. So I'm not really interested in that. That's definitely one way I would leverage it. The other thing I would note at the top, and we'll get to him, I'm sure, Antonio Gibson at 4,000. Uh, I'm not really going to be playing McCaffrey with Gibson because that's going to be the natural build that everybody goes to, and that's just double chalk. It works because it's 14K for the both, but I think that's where you want to split it up and do something like a you know, Camara Mixon or an Eckler Mixon or something like that and use the same amount of money with two other guys that could still have themselves a game and then really leverage yourself up over the field that way. So if you are going to use... Uh, CMC overweight like I am, I just wouldn't be putting him with the chalk value running back. That's one no- note that I would make there. Yeah, let's 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 talk about Antonio Gibson because he kind of looks like the free square of the week. I mean, he he basically for cash games he certainly is. Um, you know, this is a but there is some uncertainty there for sure. But you know, he definitely emerged as the guy. I mean, he was he's uber talented. We all were you know, expecting that people were, were speculating. And then all of a sudden they got rid of Adrian Peterson and then Adrian Peterson's in the media telling everybody that um, how great Gibson is and how he's just a perfect fit for this offense. And so it just made, made it sound even more and more that Gibson is the guy, right? So this is a guy who's got a lot of talent um, on a, on a team where they love to run the ball, you know, especially if they were using Adrian Peterson and, you know, it doesn't have a ton of talented competition behind him. And so uh, he's only 4K, which is the new minimum now, if anyone isn't listening, isn't aware, you know, we don't get the 3K running backs anymore. There's still 3K wide receivers for minimum, but the, the new minimum priced uh, running backs on DraftKings are uh, 4,000. Um, but uh, yeah, that pairing is going to be uber chalky. Um, so I, I agree with you on that, especially for the large field stuff. But uh Brett, what are you thinking about with uh, Gibson? Yeah, I don't exactly know where I'm going to be on Gibson when it all comes down to it because you're going to need some cheap pieces. And, I mean, Gibson, we still project to have uh, a the lion's share of the Washington role here. Um, and I like that game in general with all the cheap pieces that you can correlate uh, with each other um, and then grabbing studs. Um, the, the other 4K running back that I have currently in my player pool is uh, Chris Thompson, um, just in a game script where Jacksonville is obviously going to be uh, coming from behind. And, you know, he gets paired up with Jay Gruden, uh, you know, both ex-Washington guys. And Chris Thompson was used, you know, in this pass receiving role. Um, so I, I'm going to have 
a decent share, I think, of both of those guys. I don't know where I'm going to come uh, come down to. It. You're right, Antonio Gibson, I think, is going to be the cash game play. But uh, tournament-wise, uh, I, I really want to try and stay away from him as much as possible outside of, like, game stacks. But um, if I'm going to want to spend up at wide receivers, which I think a lot of the stud wide receivers are going to be low-owned, I'm going to have to work in uh, plenty of, like, Gibson and Chris Thompson in my lineups. He was my pivot as well, actually. The Jay Gruden thing gets me. I'm a big narrative guy. You guys will find that out. Anyone listening who follows me on other stuff, I'll take it a lot. And I think it's, in football, even more important. They want their guy, right? They wanted to get him back in there. He's a guy that was used a lot. And it's kind of um, the opposite. One guy we didn't talk about, but, like, you know, the indie situation is always going to be tricky. But Marlon Mack, I think, you know, he's kind of like a – cheaper Josh Jacobs where they need that narrative of them you know, or that sorry the game script of them being up and just pound 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 and just use him all game and that's a spot opposite to what I talked about with going running backs against each other where you've got him at 5300 Chris Thompson at 4000 that's a completely unique unique build to get up to these higher price wide receivers and you've got a spot where that actually could work because then if Mac does score the two touchdowns I don't want 10k CMC in that other game coming back with all those checkdowns, but I wouldn't mind a 4K Chris Thompson coming back. And most people are going to have Gibson in that slot as well. So it's a way to get unique while still having a game script that makes sense. So I, I do like that call a lot there, Brett. Yeah, I'm on board with uh, Thompson. I, I, I believe in that narrative too as well. I also like the fact, I mean, the dude's explosive. He just can't mm-hmm. stay healthy, right? But like he's healthy now. And then there's the competition is is falling uh, wayside right now, uh, you know, the Jacksonville rushing situation is uh, now down to basically James Rob- Robinson and Chris Thompson because, uh, um, you know, they, uh, they got rid of Zigbo uh, went down. Um, and then uh, who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Ra- Raquel Armstead. Yeah. He's, he's, he's on COVID well. for the second so, time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, James Robinson's a guy that's getting some hype too, but like, and he's probably worth a consideration for GPPs as well, but Chris Thompson just makes a lot of sense, right, to get him involved. We always wanted more more passing, more more rushes. I mean, the guy's explosive, and we're always calling for it. It's like now their hand might be forced in this game because, like, we can pretty much guarantee that they're going to be down in this one. And uh, Thompson just makes a lot of sense. So I like that, especially, in the, you know, obviously for DraftKings on the PPR. Format. My last look up on pre, uh, player profiler, just to get an idea of what James Robinson looked like in college and then, um, I always love, love to see who his best comparable is. His best comparable is Kenneth Dixon. So, um, not a guy that was ever too exciting in the NFL, but, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> he's, he's going to get the opportunity and, um, the coaches have like Jay Gruden uh, came out and said that he can carry the workload. Now, does that mean, uh, Le- Leonard Fournette type of workload or what does that mean? But, um, we know they're going to be in a negative game script, probably all 16 games this year. So, uh, it should be interesting to see week one. Um, this might be your only opportunity to get him at 4K. Uh, but again, like I don't mind working him in there. It's just tough to see a lot of production out of this guy in the second half. Yeah, and Tambo's hit on an interesting one too with the, the Marlon Mack situation because Jonathan Taylor's the hyped guy. Um, yeah. But, um, so it's, uh, but it's interesting. So he, he's so in favor that Marlon Mack's fallen out of favor, but like, this could be the, you know, especially with Jacksonville being so bad in general, so bad against the run game strip could totally just give this ball to Marlon Mack all game and have, you know, high touchdown equity. Um, and uh, they'll, 
and we'll see as the season goes along. So, I mean, he's definitely a, a, has to be in consideration as a good leverage play. So I like that. Um, now, what about like some other guys here? I mean, Chris Carson is somebody that kind of pops out to me, right? Like the, the narrative is now about letting Russ rip, right? That's what everyone's saying. And so people are just kind of overlooking the fact that Seattle doesn't ever let Russ rip and they let Chris Carson rip, right? And they're going to just want to rush the ball all game. It's in the dome. Um, the touchdown equity is high. It's a potential shootout. They did get him more involved in the passing game last season. Um, I'd like to see more of it, but I, I think we could see more of it. Um, what are your guys' thoughts with him? Yeah, so, like, I just have a Seattle rule. Like, if I roll with Chris Carson, um, I'm probably not too excited with this, uh, with this game in general because that means Seattle is going to be up. Um, I guess you can bring it back with uh, the Atlanta passers, right? Um, yeah. But the best thing, the best thing that you want to see uh, for this Seattle offense, like, if you, if you have some rough stacks out there, is Atlanta getting an early lead. Uh, that way they can, you know, put the gas uh, to the, you know, put, put it down and like actually throw, let Russ play four quarters. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, I do like Carson and um, I have him tagged as in, uh, in tournaments, uh, but I, I don't think um, I will have any other Seattle exposure. And, you know, if Seattle's up, I think it kind of drains because uh, Seattle plays a very slow plotting game, and I don't think that's good for the over-under, right? So if Chris Carson gets off, I like the under, whereas if Atlanta gets off early, um, I expect Seattle to pass, and then I would really like the over there. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in on Carson. I, I think you just said it, and it's whatever people want to happen doesn't mean that's going to happen, and that's the thing with Russ. So they're going to stick to their plan. I, maybe people forget some of these – uh, scenarios from last year we'll get to tight end but you know tight end against Arizona is a thing running back against Atlanta has always been a thing they've started picking it up like you said with the pass catching as well that that hurts Atlanta even more if there's some check downs to Carson I think guys just you know it's early in the season they're going to want to pound the rock I also heard some stuff last night that I thought was interesting around this restart and how normally defenses are you know better than offenses coming back from something like this you know we haven't seen necessarily this come back you know with no preseason and whatnot but typically defense rules out but I think right now some of these D linemen and whatnot have just been getting you saw it last night even with David Johnson and CEH it was just a they were taking it for six yards at a time 15 yards at a time and these teams that are going to go with their if you want to call them a bell cow kind of you know a guy like Carson they're just going to stick with and run as often as they do I think they are going to be chunking out six six ten fifteen and the next thing you know he's in the box and he does that a couple times and like Brett said you can run it back with a guy who will get to but I like Ridley on the other side. And I think that'd be a great little secondary correlation to throw in your lineup with Carson and Ridley that not as many people will be on when most are focused on the Washington and the Philly game, for example, or something else of that nature. So I, I do like that for a little mini stack there. Um, another angle that strikes me in this game that people haven't really, you know, everyone's assuming that, you know, Atlanta on this high powered offense, but, and uh, Seattle was so bad on the defensive end last season, but their secondary has gotten a lot better. Uh, so they got Jamal Adams now. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, they, they teamed up with uh, Dunbar, Shaq Griffin, Diggs, um, Marquise Blair. So um, their big weakness is going to be in the rushing game as well. So this could be a, a game where both rushing back running backs are, are going to be in play. So let's, let's, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Uh, everyone has an opinion on Todd Gurley. I'm kind of high on Tom Gurley. 
Todd Gurley to start this season, at least higher than other people are um, in Atlanta. I think he still has some stuff left in the tank um, and he's healthy now. And until we see otherwise, then, uh, you know, they just don't have much competition. You know, Brian Hill is not a guy that they you know, he's his backup. There's not a guy that is very productive at any, any level. And uh, then, you know, then they have uh, Ito, but that's like, there's really no competition for him. So if he comes out the gate running against this, awful rushing defense at least they project to be incredibly bad then uh this could be a good game at least in the dome what are your guys thoughts no i mean i love Gurley, and it's it's mainly the offense uh, around him in this situation i mean is he better than Devonte freeman right like even if he is the same as Devonte freeman i would be buying Devonte freeman uh at 6.1 in this situation uh i like i like this spot a lot it's week one. We don't have to really worry about uh, health concerns with Gurley, right? So we're getting a fresh Todd Gurley. Um, you know, a guy like David Johnson last night, you know, where a lot of people were down on him and he actually looked explosive on that one touchdown uh, run that he had. It's, it's a situation where I kind of want to get in early uh, on a guy like Gurley. Uh, so Here, we look, have at that, look at that promo ad. Early, early on Gurley. Early on Gurley. Uh, <laughs> 10, 10.8% we have him uh, at Roto-Grinders, and I would say I'm going to be at least 2x of that uh, on the field. So, Tambo. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to be overweight as well. Say, same thing the other way around. I guess what I'm seeing more so for me is that this game looks like it's going to be stacked up quite a bit, and I'm really liking the secondary correlations more. Like, I like it. You know, I just mentioned the one with Carson and Ridley. Could be Carson and Hayden Hurst, who we'll get to later, but then you can flip it. And I got Gurley, and then you can go back the other way with a guy like DK Metcalf, who's extremely cheap, or a, a Tyler Lockett, you know, different guys there in that range. So uh, I'm going to be using it more in that sense, but I like what you said about Gurley and kind of everything I said before, how they're just going to feed this guy, and he's just going to be able to run for 6, 6, 10, 15, that sort of thing. I see that with both of these guys. I, you know, I don't really like, again, I really don't like playing two running backs against each other. It just normally doesn't work out or give you the upside that you want, the ceiling. But I, I don't mind uh, these guys separately on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to the Greg Cosell uh, podcast. I always mention that on the show. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, that's your boy. Yeah, I, lo- I, I really respect him. Um, but what, he, what his take was that was super interesting was that, you know, he was saying that basically tackling is an art that needs to be, you know, repetitive, uh, repetition over and over and over again. So he's saying preseason really drives that in. Um, and, you know, now that we're without that, that he expects tackling to be weak across the NFL, at least for the, the first few weeks. And I think we saw some of that with some of those, you know, maybe those runs that um, we thought would be three to five yards ended up being six to six to 10 last night. Um, some guys looked especially fresh, like David Johnson looked good, but maybe that's just a symptom of poor, poor tackling at this point. So I think Gurley is a guy that could certainly, you know, power his way through um, uh, the guys that stand out even more would be guys like Derek Henry for sure. But Gurley's a banger. Um, you know, as long as his knees, his knees good. So I like that angle. Um, all right. Any other, other guys uh, that you want to, you want to hit on uh, Tambo? The only other couple there. Um, one was uh, Kenyon Drake. You, you mentioned him there quickly, but you know, I think it kind of makes sense. The game, the flow at, you know, just 6,400. It's kind of, you know, it was him and Sanders. They're both 63, 6,400. Uh, just, a, you know, a few more question marks around Sanders versus, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy like Drake. And so I'm more in on Drake, but I do like Sanders still this week as well. So kind of, kind of rounds it up for me really for this 
area. And then I don't know, I guess we didn't talk a lot about Eckler. I do like that game. There was some news today. Mike Pouncey, the center for the Chargers, is out for week one. So I'm not sure if you guys, you know, go off of that stuff. It normally affects the running back, but in a sense of, and the quarterback, but in a sense of a guy like Eckler, we were hoping for sort of a $3,000 less Christian McCaffrey of usage this year. And I'm not sure if that will be the same or not, but I'll still try it out at 7,000. I'm definitely in, especially against Cincinnati. I do like that spot as well. Yeah, I mean, they always say like a, a center is like the quarterback of the offensive line. So yeah. losing a guy like that, it's got to be tough for for the other offensive linemen, right? Whether that's, Definitely. you know, run blocking or pass blocking. So Yeah, but that might create check down. Check Could down, create check the down, check downs, check down. exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. over and over again, which is what Tyrod Taylor likes to do anyway, and he likes to rush run himself. So um, that could actually benefit. I, I like him too. I mean, obviously in PPR formats, we're looking for running backs who can get, you know, just constant – peppered in the in the passing game and he certainly is top of the list and uh i think he's undervalued right now um at least yeah i mean if you can find 200 bucks that's what i was saying earlier you got cmc and gibson is like the cash game play but you can play eckler and camara i mean that to me screams gpp upside for these large field tournaments it's 200 bucks more you have to save 200 bucks somewhere but you can do that on defense tight end so many places and that just to me is is the way bigger upside and ceiling that you could find it could be worse but that's sort of the risk you take yeah, I guess one guy that I, I would want to hear maybe your takes on, uh, you know, Kirk D's, you can like take this is Miles Sanders, right? We we heard that he uh, that he possibly won't take a full uh, workload. Is that something that you're you're taking in consideration, or are you just hammering hammering the spot with you know at Washington looks like a great spot for Miles Sanders uh, week one on paper, just as long as he gets his full workload. Uh, where do you stand there? I think Washington up front is pretty stout um, and uh, they're going to be a pretty good defense, at least in that regard. Um, I also don't want to mess with hamstrings um, and that's, so that worries me. So I don't know, but I think the risk, so so I think there's a lot of risk with him. So I would, I would like even throw out the idea of playing Boston Scott in some lineups um, this week. Is he he men? Is he 4k? He should be 4K. Um, yeah, I haven't even looked at it. I'm sure uh, he, he is. He's 4,800, so, yep. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's just trying to win win a, a large field GPP. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably out on saying I'd like him typically in the workload. But I think this game – I mean, for me, I'm, I'm buying the Kool-Aid on uh, the passing game on Philly, which uh, we'll get into when we uh, head over to wide receiver uh, – in a second after we get the quarterback. I'm um, just trying to scroll through for like seeing I, Aaron Jones interests me. Um, I know it's the same old narrative, like, uh, um, you know, w- will he be used in the passing game? Like they just like to, to give their guy, you know, Jamal Williams. And now we've got, um, what's his name? Who's the, the new guy? Uh, Austin. AJ Dillon. Dillon. Yeah. AJ Dillon. Why am I saying Austin Dillon? His first uh, name could be Austin. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, anyway, any, any, I have no clue. Um, anyways, so, uh, this, uh, Vikings defense is going to be a lot worse than I think this year. Then, uh, people are just kind of always assume that they're good, but they're, um, they're going to be really young and I know uh, their, uh, defensive backfield is very young. Uh, Devante gets a great matchup. So, um, I don't know what, what they look like up front or in the linebackers, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, I just can see a big game uh, with Aaron Jones and everybody like 
are, you know, Dalvin Cook is kind of the the pivot play already, but like no one's talking about Aaron Jones at this point. So I, I just see upside there as kind of a tournament play, but that's that's kind of it for me. Yeah, so, I mean, a, a lot of these uh, timeshare spots, I know, Tambo, you talked about Marlon Mack. Kind of agree with you with the upside there if uh, Coach Speak is true uh, with Mack. But I think most of these other timeshares, like um, Baltimore, probably going to avoid that. Cleveland, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Buffalo, like, you know, just spots. San Fran, uh, probably spots that I avoid those uh, until I get more of a uh, a read on that situation. I don't know. Uh, you you like any of those timeshare spots, uh, Curtis? I'll take some shots with. Uh, I don't even. Know. No, I don't like timeshares, but uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't like them in general as a vacation either. Um, but uh, <laughs> Tariq Cohen is a is a guy that I'll take some shots on, um, who I'm constantly trying to force. Um, but like in a dome uh, against Detroit, um, you know, with Montgomery being hobbled. Um, just it does I, look I, like he's on the better side of uh, questionable now uh, based upon practice reports this morning. But he, he's not very good anyway. Um, right. And I, I always want more Tariq Cohen. And if this, this just gives them an excuse to maybe ramp him out a little bit more. And they've also talked about using him more in the passing game this season. Obviously it's just coach speak. We don't know for sure, but uh, we'll see what happens. But like, he's a guy that could break one to the house um, and he's 4,900. Um, that's it. I'm really kind of reaching here at this point. Yeah. So let's, well, uh, I mean, there's plenty of good plays everywhere, but uh, let's, let's go on over to uh, QB and then we'll, we'll follow that with our wide receivers, but let's uh, start it off with your take on Lamar. Um, Killer B, you can lead this one, but uh, we love his rushing floor. Uh, we love the potential for rushing touchdowns. You know, there's all the talk about him having to air it out a lot more um, this season and, um, you know, we've got uh, the concentrated target tree uh, with uh, Mark Andrews, who I know you like and who's probably going to be a top player of yours from tight end. I'm just guessing, but I know you love that guy. And now that Hayden Hurst is gone and they were basically splitting snaps last season. Yeah. So we know that it's going to be Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews in the passing game. That's going to be the focus. Um, so, but are they going to be have to pass much in this game against Cleveland? I don't know. But uh, what do yes. you think? So I do love this spot for Lamar. Um, I don't really look at ownership uh, too much for quarterbacks. He is, he is our highest own on uh, RG right now. I think he was coming in at right around 15%. Uh, but yeah, I do love this spot. Uh, you kind of mentioned no hidden Hurst here, uh, which should allow Mark Andrews at least to see the field more, um, more targets. Um, I actually do love the double stack Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews this week. Uh, Cleveland cornerbacks this week, both Kevin Johnson and Greedy Williams are already ruled out. Uh, MJ Stewart is questionable. And then they had their uh, starting safety on paper uh, was lost in August, Grant uh, Deloitte or whatever uh, his last name is. So this Cleveland defensive backfield is just ravaged. All three starters uh, are ruled out. So, and if you're worried about them, um, not like, you know, putting, putting it down in week one, I mean, just look at Miami last year. They beat the Dolphins 52 to 10. He had seven total touchdowns, five through the air, two on the ground. I mean, I just feel like this is a great spot, and I know where the production's coming from. So, yeah, I'm going to have plenty of the double-stacked uh, Baltimore. And then love bringing it back with Odell. 
Um, Jarvis, Jarvis Landry uh, had off-season hip surgery. They're already talking about limiting his snaps in week one. So give me all the ODB, uh, yeah, with this stack. So You read the uh, latest news with ODB? <laughs> no, I almost brought it up. But yeah. I was just like, Damn. even with the latest news of ODB, give me guys give a me freak. Yeah. <laughs> Cambo, is that, a, is that a par for the course out in Canada? <laughs> no, that ain't, that ain't it. I can tell you that. <laughs> par for um, the course. Um, Lamar, Tambo. So you guys don't know this about me, but uh, that's my squad. So be, speaking of Canada, being up here, we can pick whatever team we want. I, I didn't bandwagon Lamar. I've been on it since I had to battle back in the days with the Joe is Joe Flacco elite and all this stuff, even uh. before then. But uh, I am a Ravens fan. And this is actually a week where, you know, it could it happen. Sure. I'm not too in on it. I think, you know, just coming out, like I think you said, I really don't want to get involved with that committee, but I do think they're going to run the ball a lot more. I know that everything should open up for them. It's just a spot I want to be underweight. You got 15% Lamar. You got 25% Marquise Brown. You got 10, 12% Mark Andrews. I mean, it seems like a slam dunk. And whenever it seems too good to be true, it usually is. Now, with that said, it's almost like the Atlanta-Seattle situation for me. I certainly do like having this as a secondary stack. I like ODB, back to all the jokes we just said. I'm in on that play, but and I don't mind it with like a Mark Andrews and him. I think that'll be a less common secondary stack, even though they both come with some ownership together and just those two, probably not as common. I mean, Marquise Brown, love Hollywood, stoked that he's you know, fully healthy now, finally. Hope he rips it up for two, three touchdowns. You can call it the emotional hedge if you want, but I just don't see it on a week where there's so many plays at wide receiver that I just need to plug him in. I think he's a cash game play makes perfect sense there, but for tournaments, I'll certainly be underweight on him as well as Lamar and the entire stack as a whole. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And so we should at least mention the, the new coaching regime uh, for Cleveland. Um, you know, thank God uh, Freddie kitchens is gone. Um, but, mm-hmm. and then uh, for the def- you know, at least from man, that guy would waste so much clock. So maybe we can expect some more plays, a little bit of a faster offense for Cleveland. But um, <clears throat> really what stands to me is that the new uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Joe Wood, Woods, Joe Woods, some one of the, it's Woods or Wood. Um, but it's going to take some time to develop some chemistry for this defense. This is a defense that just got decimated against the run um, last season. And uh, they project to be pretty poor. They, they're, their secondary projects to be pretty good. Um, so it just should make sense that it would be easy, so smooth sailing from the rushing game, which uh, both of you guys mentioned. And so maybe that, you know, takes away from a place number of plays standpoint. And uh, plus just the fact that they should be able to control this game. So maybe the, uh, the ceiling isn't quite as high as we're expecting for Lamar for paying uh, on start this slate, but like, QB salaries are all kind of priced together, like, but there's, you know, except for Lamar that stands out 8,100, but that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of salary. Um, you know, then we, from there, we, you know, there's like Drew Brees a little bit higher at 6,800. There's Carson Wentz, but like everyone's kind of all grouped together from there in the high fives to uh, up to around 7k, um, you know, with Russ. So what are the, what are the next, who are the next guys that you, you find yourself going towards um, if you're not in on Lamar this week, Tambo? I liked uh, Tyrod until, like I said, the center news, I think it hurts him a lot more than 
and it hurts Eckler. So, you know, I really think that game is one that's just going to be a bit sloppy. I know it doesn't have the highest total, but I'm sort of erasing these totals a little bit, not like the 39 Jets-Buffalo one, but some of these other games where I still think there's just so many unknowns. A game where it's Tyrod Taylor versus Joe Burrow, that, that interests me. But, again, I don't, the total doesn't really matter to me. I think with all the stuff, you know, you mentioned the Greg Cassell stuff, that's the same information I was going off of when I was bringing that up. I couldn't remember who I'd heard. I listened to so much stuff coming into this and reading things. But that was really where it came from. So, you know, some other guys that interest me would be uh, Carson Wentz. You know, we, we talked about that game. I think, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson is going to be popular, but there's other ways to move around that game. If we don't think Sanders is going to be as strong of a play, then, you know, they're going to move the ball in other ways. And I, and I think that's one of them. I think, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, we talked about, I'm, I'm more on the secondary correlations there. Uh, Cam Newton is an interesting one to me in New England. You know, this is a, a first start for him, a bunch of unknowns, but he's just 6,100. You know, I'm not saying he's going to do things like Lamar or anything, but he's also $2,000. less. That's my other big thing about Lamar is I got trouble with an $8,100 salary at the quarterback position. I'd much rather spend it elsewhere. And typically, if you look at Millie Maker winners in the past and those that have done the research, just use Millie Maker as the example for large field, is it's a lot of cheaper quarterbacks, right? So and we've got a lot of them this week, like you mentioned. So those are some of the ones that stand out. I'd be interested to hear your guys' takes on some of the others. Maybe a, a Minshew kind of interesting. A um, Mitch Trubisky is getting some love. I'm not so sure I'm there yet with him. But uh, what do you guys got? Brett, where are you at with these quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I love, I love uh, Carson Wentz. I think – I think that's just a high floor uh, play. Cam Newton in an unknown situation like that also. Um, nice soft landing spot home against Miami in week one. Uh, I already just said how Lamar kind of blew them out of the waters in week one last year. So I uh, feel like that's a great, great gamble too. Um, I'm even good going down to Dwayne Haskins at 5K. He kind of ended yes. the year last year um, with – you know, with a little bit of confidence going into this year, which I think is really big. Um, no Jay Gruden, no, you know, just the whole new everything, right? And at 5K, uh, just, it just allows you to do a lot of, a lot of unique things. Um, so I'm, I'm good all, going all the way down there. Um, even Trubisky uh, at 5,400, pairing him up with Allen Robinson, uh, I think is pretty easy. And I, I think if David Montgomery does play, I'll probably avoid uh, the running backs a little bit. I'll still, I'll still mix mix in um, Tariq Cohen uh, and maybe double stacks there. But um, I, I just really like that situation. And Detroit uh, Galladay did not practice today, which could make Marvin Jones kind of chalky. So I guess we'll just yeah, just a to- quick note on that because you brought it up. Uh, two things came up while we were recording. This one is Galladay, Galladay is looking like he's going to be out, as well as uh, Mike Evans has been moved to doubtful. So I know we're segueing into these positions, but that's uh, some big news. And if you talk about back to what we're talking about just at this moment with quarterback and stacks, you look at, like you said, Trubisky, you can get uh, Anthony Miller or, or Robinson in there with them. Cohen, who, who Kirk just talked about, right? We, you, you mix that in as like a triple stack. And then you end up with a guy the other way, like a, a Marvin Jones. I think it's a uh, Marvin Hall is behind him. Seth Cephas or Cephas. There's another guy. There's a couple guys in Detroit Amendola. that are super cheap. Amendola. Amendola. Um, yeah. who's been banged up, but uh, can put up a big game for you. Um, yeah, I was expecting that news out of both of those guys. And so that's, uh, that's the, uh, the hamstring. That's, that's why I, I'm shying away from that. That's Mike Evans is the hamstring. And I think mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay is the hamstring too, as There's well. There's a lot of AC joints out there too. Um, I don't know which ones are uh, the shoulders. That might've been, um, Mike Williams is definitely a shoulder for sure. 
Um, but yeah, there are a few like uh, AC joints out there. But one thing I've learned is you don't mess with the hamstring. It's just from years right. of uh, DFS. Um, that's why uh, Miles Sanders is such a concern to me. But uh, Carson, Damn, I thought we were going to have a personal story about your own hamstring injuries. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you a personal story. I was, Those playing uh, days are all over with. Uh, least, I was the least flex, flexible male student in my uh, high school class. <laughs> and uh, was, that, gym, was that voted upon or what was this? No, it was, uh, we, we had like, we, they had to measure our sit and reach and stuff for like uh, gym class. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the teacher goes, hey, Kirkwood, you're the second worst, uh, least flexible student in our class. And you know who number one is? And uh, I'm not oh, going to say no. that, but he's like, it was this big fat girl. And uh, <laughs> Jeez, that, that's a pretty mean, uh, pu- it was a public school, I'm assuming right there. Yeah. Just getting shamed. Shaming. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> you can't even touch your toes. That's always, always stood, stood, stood with me. Um, anyways, but uh, back to uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, love him, love him, love him. So, I am a little bit worried though. So I, like I said, I keep talking about this, the front seven of, uh, of, I mean, they're extremely talented on Washington and their secondary the is Washington not extreme. Uh, yeah. Who, uh, shout out to Cal who uh, bought the domain years ago and uh, sold them the Washington <laughs> football. He got, he got, he got uh, robbed cause he sold it for so, so little cause he didn't, he didn't realize what was happening when they made the offer. But uh it was him. That, oh. They gave him like ten grand, which he donated um, to charity. I didn't even hear this story. Oh no, yeah. that's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. crazy. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, that is crazy because he he bought it thinking like for college uh, domain names like back in the day. But uh, yeah. anyway, so um, I worry about when you know when Wentz gets pressured, he can struggle, right? And so I worry about them being able to hold up, um, you know. But it's certainly a secondary that he can pick pick on there there's no more josh norman anymore but it's quentin dunbar um ronald darby kendall fuller i mean these are names that we've always attacked and um you know let's just get into it let's just talk about deshaun jackson and why he's just such a smash play um so first of all uh Riegers might be playing now it looks um, like he's good to go but on- that's fine yeah. it's still it's still deshaun jackson is number one right now on that depth chart and there's not much more behind it um and we know about those splits right you guys know about those splits the deshaun jackson splits? revenge game splits well no not the revenge game splits. the first week one is week one versus splits. washington washington 2019 eight receptions 154 yards two tds the year before <laughs> new orleans five receptions 146 yards two tds uh two years prior Pitt six receptions 100 102 yards. I mean, this guy is a week one machine. It's right? the only week he plays. It's That's literally it. the only week he plays. That's it. That's you got it. You like, if you want to make money on him, you got to do it this, this week. week. So you, and he's going to be chalk, which is scary, right? Like he, everyone's talking, but you got, so you got to go all in on him. That's what you have to do. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, so, but he's cheap. Right. And uh, this game could, could, uh, you know, I think I, I kind of like this game to shoot out a little bit too. Um but, you know, it's going to be – I mean, that's going to be a popular pairing with uh, the chalk running back and then Deshaun in, in there. So try to differentiate those stacks a little bit with uh, without Gibson or whatever. But right. – uh, or at Both least – tight ends are in play. Some, You're going to be seeing somewhere. a lot of uh, – Yeah, Goddard is interesting Goddard. to me. 
I like him uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe they, uh, you know, Zach Ertz sees a little bit less of less usage, but, uh, anyway, so Carson Wentz definitely in play. Love him. Um, from there, um, I mean, I don't even care who I play. I like, I'm buying Cam Newton. I'm all in on, I'm, 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 I'm in on Cam Newton this season. I think he's going to have a good season. He's going to, as long as he's healthy, right. They're going to use him in the running. They're going to use him to rush. Um, Cause that's just what he's good at. And Belichick, you know, plays to everybody's strengths and um, you know, unless there's like going to try to protect his health, I don't know, but you know, I've got to, I got to think that they're going to be using this guy in the rushing game and figure out uh, he's going to scheme some good plays for him. So I'm there. He's also building up a good rapport, at least like the local media with him and Harry uh, are really hitting it off together. And uh, he's been always on practice keen and on Edelman. So it's like, it makes, makes it pretty easy. Like those are the guys, those are going to be his guys. And then uh, I think there's going to be some sneaky up, up rushing upside. Um, Trubisky. Sure. I can get it behind it because uh, he's, always had good games against Detroit. Um, and it's because they play man. And um, so, you know, if we look, I mean, he, man, he went for 20, I think he won a millimaker for someone last year. He won Detroit. multiple millimakers. Yeah. I think a lot of them were two were years ago. Two of, uh, I don't know, but uh, he put up 28 fantasy points against Detroit in his last game, uh, 330 yards passing three, three passing TDs. Um, so uh, I can get behind that. Tyrod, I was interested in too, just because potentially, I, I don't know what the ceiling is with this hand, you know, that this guy, there's, there's never, never seems to be much, but like you do get a nice rushing floor, but like that does scare me with the center um, going down. But uh, I mean, he's still cheap that it's there. Drew Brees, let's, let's talk about Drew Brees or Kyler. I mean, obviously I, I we can do Matt Ryan, you know, just because of that game scenario, but like Drew Brees is probably going to go overlooked. Um, I'm I'll stay clear of Tom Brady now uh, for sure without Mike Evans. Cause like, yes, uh, especially now. So I, what are they going to do with Godwin? Are they, he's like, we want Godwin in the slot in this game, but now is it going to be Godwin on the outside and have to deal with Lattimore or I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, but I was, you just made a good point that I forgot to bring up earlier was, yeah, with now with the doubtful Evans news, that was sort of the only way I was thinking of even playing him. And I know there's going to be some backups like Watson or, or um, Scotty Miller are the, are the two guys that come to mind. But, you know, as far as the wide receivers go, but I don't think that's enticing enough for me now with those stacks to, to risk it. I just, you know, they'll be cheaper. It makes the stacks cheaper if you like that game to shoot out. So by all means, you could go there for that reason. But I wouldn't have a bunch of them, that's for sure. I like uh, Brett's take earlier on Haskins, and I like what you were going there with Breeze, uh, maybe the other way, or, or Matt Ryan as something sneaky when most are going Wilson. I, I like those plays better. I don't know how much uh, ownership I'll have on Drew Breeze this whole year. Um, just just with the Taysom Hill yeah. uh, coming in the red zone. Like, he's going to take away even, like, 15 to 20% of his potential touchdowns. That's just too much. Um, by the way, though, Taysom Hill is a tight end on FanDuel, so it's it becomes more interesting if you want to take a shot with him at mid-price at tight end over there. Um, all right, I got the play. I got the play. This is my this is this is my favorite guy. Always, we're gonna round. This will be the end of QB right now. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the play. Um, so it's just such a terrible game. No. Yeah, so you guys look at the total. You guys look at the total. Everyone, nobody wants to play. Oh, this has a. You you think about uh, um, 
Buffalo's defense, right? Like they should be able to control this game. Such a great defense. But what people are missing is the fact that the Jets defense, a secondary projects to be the worst secondary in all football this season per pro football focus, right? This is the first game of the season. Um, He's got a new shiny toy in Stefan Diggs. He loves to throw the ball deep. He sucks at it, but he loves it. But you got to got to be optimistic and think that there could be some improvement there. He also scored six more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson last season. So he's like their goal line rushing back. He's got the nut passing matchup and he's got new weapons. So like, yes, I, I think it's bad. Like the, it does worry me that the, the defense will just completely manhandle the jets. And so the game script could get out of hand and they could just run, run, run the ball and run the clock out. But I think they're going to at least to start go off. And you know, it's not like it's the total, I mean, the, the spread is not too high, like where you think you're a monster blowout where it's only a six and a half point total, but I see upside here when a lot of other people don't. So am I crazy? You guys both think I am. I don't love it because of what you said. I just, my thing was back to, you know, the same point on the Greg Cassell stuff earlier is that it's kind of goes hand in hand with the, you know, flip, flip flop that to the offense side. These guys had no time to work together. He's already pretty bad with the deep ball. That's sort of Stefan Diggs's thing. I, I don't really think they're going to mesh or gel right out of the gate, but they could, I, I can see your angle. If you want to get, you know, a couple of them in maybe Dawson Knox, run it back the other way with your Jamison Crowder, who will be popular or even a, a Le'Veon Bell and just say he, you know, starts doing his thing on the ground and then Allen has to come from behind. You could build a story for it. It's just not the one I'm most excited about. And then also at 6,500, yes, he can, you know, rush in some touchdowns and whatnot, but uh, I'm not really in at that price when you got Matt Ryan, who, you know, I think is sneakier on the other side of that Seattle game when everyone wants to use Wilson. And then, you know, looking at uh, dropping down, we just talked about Wentz being at 6,300 and Cam at 61. There's just better plays that I like more. So I, I don't hate it, but I'm not in on it. So it won't be too much in my player pool. Yeah, I'm going to – I'm probably going to avoid this game in general. Um, I, just, I just don't love the situation. I, I feel like this is not uh, – there's not going to be a lot of plays. Uh, if he can connect on deep ball early um, – yeah, then you then you hit he's, it. Right? So he's but, got like he's 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 got two legitimate like really solid deep threats with uh, John Brown, who he has that chemistry with, who should now get freed up more. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs should take the the spotlight away from him. So you know that's a really you know nice low owned um, wide receiver play. I could see like you know all you need is so even if you don't like uh, if you can't get on board with uh, Josh Allen, all you need is one long touchdown from John Brown and you're good to go. Um, and I definitely, I'm telling you one, it, it's definitely happening yeah. in this game. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I promise you guys, there will be one between either him and Diggs, and maybe multiple. Um, so I'm going to plant my flag. I'm going to be in on him, but uh, I get it. If you guys aren't, aren't coming along. So it, I tried. Um, all right. Wide receiver. Um, unless you but guys wait, have it. Be- yep, before, we yep. can, before we continue to trim our player pools, Let's talk about how we can trim our family jewels and the tools that we might use. So what we're talking about here, guys, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Best men's below-the-waist grooming you can get. Precision engine tools for your family jewels. Obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. 
So I want to talk quickly about a couple of things about Manscaped. They got their third generation trimmer, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology powered by Manscaped, trademark. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. You need 90 minutes. I don't know what to tell you. You got to figure some other stuff out, but it will last up to 90 minutes. It's waterproof. It's got a cool LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas so you can see better, get a finer trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock that's powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off, plus free shipping with code ROTO, R-O-T-O at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Trust me. Get 20% off, free shipping with the code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O at manscaped.com. Um, well done. I, I, I can tell you that I know that uh, Stevie TPFL and uh, Big T both used uh, Manscaped, and uh, I'm sure that they really needed that uh, upgraded 7,000 RPM motor uh, with, <laughs> with the quiet strokes for, for those two guys. So great, great job. So let's now, let's move it on over to wide receiver. Um, so <clears throat> there's going to be some chalk. Um, but we've got good play. So I guess we'll start right at the top because like, I know the blitz is going to always, you know, the Derek Cardi projection system, which is, uh, I don't know if you use that in the past, Tambo. Had you used that in the past? Yeah, I've used it in the past. I've seen it. I know that Michael Thomas gets the, uh, extra bump there. You know, he gets the extra, the points put in and he ends up. He's in the blitz. He will be in the blitz optimal every single week. Um, and, uh, that includes this week, but he's nine. Especially at home, especially at home, nine yeah. K at home. Yeah. Um, so he's at the top. So we like, do we, let's start there and just talk about, uh, you know, do we, do we spend or not spend? I guess looking at that situation, the, the thing that sticks out is Emmanuel Sanders being wide receiver two now. Um, do you think uh, that target share of wide receiver two increases? I tend to lean yes. So, I mean, as much as I do love Michael Thomas, um, I'm trying to figure out where we got him ownership-wise. doesn't seem like we have a lot of ownership. 12% right now. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, that's – you know what? That's probably where I'm going to be. That stack might become more popular with Evans ruled out. Um, But I can – I probably am only going to try and put him in um, in certain spots where I go with the cheap running backs, uh, probably will be right around uh, that ownership. So I'm just not in total love with it, but I'd rather, I think I'd rather go in tournaments, Michael Thomas versus uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, at this point in time. Yeah, I could see that. It makes some sense. I, I guess the challenge for me is week one and where we stand and what we got, right? I know that there are a lot of, there's a lot of chalk, but you can still get away from it. We'll talk about some of the good plays. I think the the pricing though, like there's just so many cheap wide receivers that are going to get there. You know, it's just, they're going to blow it wide open. And then that's why I said with CMC earlier, I know that becomes a little bit chalky, but even at just 25%, we know who he is. He rarely has a game less than 20. Now you could say that about Thomas as well, but I think you just made a good point about a guy like Sanders. You talked earlier about Taysom Hill. We talked about Camara. We talked about everything that they've got as far as weapons are concerned, that it could just end up being that 20 point game for him. And then you're, you're stuck and you've got all these wide receivers at five, $6,000 that went off or, or even Devonte Adams is 7,300 
And I think he's going to crush at that yeah. price tag. So it's like, there's just so many other options. Would you be contrarian naturally just by going that route with your build? Sure. But does it mean it's the best way? Not always, right? I don't think so. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, like we just talked about, too, with these injuries, I already see guys like uh, Quintez Cephas popping up for Detroit. The, you know, the Watsons, the uh, Scotty Millers, all these guys, Marvin Hall with the Detroit situation, all of these guys are popping up as values. I just don't know how you do it when you've got all these options. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I get it for cash games, and uh, a Blitz Optimal would see that. I just – I just don't think he's going to break the slate um, at 9K. And, you know, I think like one of these, some somebody at like, whether it's Hollywood Brown, Allen Robinson, Devontae, like somebody cheaper is going to beat him, you know, going to go off. And so uh, I'm just going to plant my flag on uh, some cheaper guys. I'm, I already told you guys how much I love uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, who, all right. Deshaun Jackson outscores Michael Thomas this week. That's what <laughs> right. I, that, that, that's my take. Okay. Going with the week one narrative, baby. Uh, one thing that I'll uh, share with uh, the listeners here, um, the wide receiver versus cornerback matchup that we have uh, for premium subscribers, uh, Devontae Adams is number one uh, in that matchup. He is just way too cheap at 7,300. Uh, this, this feels like a spot where we don't have to really question. We, we have a, a veteran quarterback, his number one wide receiver, and then nobody else to throw the ball to. Uh, Devontae Adams will have a, a big week. Uh, like I said, the Minnesota defensive backfield, very young, inexperienced. Uh, so, I mean, I expect Rodgers and Devontae get, I mean, week one, they're just going to be, that combo is going to be phenomenal. Um, and then also being at U.S. Bank in a dome, uh, pretty clean weather-wise, obviously, uh, and then field being on turf. I, I love that spot. Uh, yeah, I I can get behind that. Um, any interest in uh, T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I talked about it a little bit at the top, you know, not as much in a stack, but I don't mind him in, in maybe a secondary stack or use him as the bring it, you know, the guy I'm bringing it back with. I mentioned Minshew just quickly up there. You know, I, I do have a little love for him. I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but I, I got a little love for that side of the stack. I think DJ Chark we're talking about wide receiver and it coincides with that is a guy that I'm definitely interested in. Uh, you know, we talked about Chris Thompson, he can catch balls, you know, nine, you can catch nine, 10 balls and get explosive with them. Like you said, so if you got a cheap Minshew Thompson fitting your DJ Chark and then run it back with a guy like Hilton, a guy that can actually put up two touchdowns in a game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. And there's even some other guys on the indie side. Uh, who's the other guy I was looking at was uh, Paris Campbell, 3,900. Yeah, $3,900. So I really think that's another interesting game stack or 3-1, whatever you want to call it, that you're using it as. Uh, but, you know, like you said, it's just tough to, you know, play a guy like Minshew and feel comfortable. It's more large field stuff, which is what we're here to talk about. So I'm in on that, and T.Y. Hilton would get used that way, for sure. I'm just concerned with uh, just with Philip Rivers in the deep ball there and also just the offensive philosophy in India. I just feel like if there's one team this year – uh, that's going to be 50, 50% run, 50% pass. It's going to be Indianapolis. They have the best offensive line. Uh, their offensive philosophy just seems to, we're just going to run the ball down your throat, just old school football. And I question Philip Rivers' arm at this point in time. So I'm um, kind of off on Indy's offense in general, uh, passing-wise. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think taking stabs at the running back spot, it makes sense. T.Y. only needs three catches, four catches, to have a huge day, right? 
it's just can Phil Rivers throw that deep ball. Um, yeah, he can. We've seen him sling it to Keenan Allen, who is not a deep ball guy. He was, you know, short A dot. So kind of just question uh, where me he's that, at with You're telling me T.Y. Hilton, Hilton can't break one? You know, he's going to sense what I'm saying. I'm thinking of more him off like a slant, which is like the yeah. sidearm rivers throw that he's just going to hit him with that little sidearm against Jackson much healthier and just going to go to the house. Exactly. That's more yeah. what I'm seeing, but it's for 5,800. Yeah, yeah that, I could see it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The upside is there for 5,800. Like it only takes one of these 80 yard freaking touchdowns to talking about splits though. T.Y. was always phenomenal uh, at home in a dome, right on turf. I mean, Jacksonville, you're playing, I guess you're playing basically a college football team in Jacksonville. They'd sold off their whole team, but yeah, uh, true. Yeah. I, I just, I think I'd rather go somewhere else, but um, yeah. All right. I got one. I got a somewhere else. Alan Robinson um, mm-hmm. as reliable as it gets. Um, basically, <laughs> you know, you, you got to put your, your, uh, your uh, eggs in uh, Mitchell Trubisky's basket, but uh which may worry a lot of people, but like I said before, he's played well versus man coverage, well against the Lions. The Lions don't have Darius Slay anymore, um, so that should benefit Robinson. Um, he saw the third most targets in the league last season. Um, you know, there's there's play volume concerns in this one for sure because uh, you know we know how Patricia likes to milk milk the the play clock and uh, run the ball. Um, so uh, maybe you know lack of plays in this one, but. Uh, I just, you know, I have to like the matchup. And uh, another sneaky guy we can pair him in this game too is, you know, Anthony Miller. Um, you know, I mean, that's a very easy, easy, easy tournament stack to do. Uh, Robinson, Miller, and Trubisky. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, yep. I, I like it. I, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have quite a few of Allen Robinson, even outside of uh, my Chicago Detroit stacks uh, for sure. Um, yep. I also love DK Metcalf. Um, I am buying into the reports of him and Russ working out together and developing a, a real uh, off-season bond this season. His target tree also expanded dramatically throughout the second half of the season as the season went along. Um, and uh, I mean, this guy's an athletic freak. And uh, this is a, a secondary that uh, Pro Football Focus ranked 30th in um, this year. So there should be, you know, able to attack in the passing game. I, you know, I do worry about the run, but like I said, it's all we need is like one monster play from these guys and they can also get there from just several plays. But uh, you know, at 5,800, I think these guys off, like that's the range, right? Like five, four, like high 4k to like 6k, 6,500. Like that's where we can get like some massive upside because some of these guys are going to have huge games. It's going to happen. It happens every single slate. Yeah, you got you. I mean, just talking about it, you got to, starting at forty nine hundred. Deshaun Jackson going up. You got De- Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Brown, uh, Terry McLaurin, yeah, Metcalf, talk about him. Hilton, Marvin Jones, Odell. Like that's basically that range, and that's why I said you know back to the Michael Thomas conversation. It makes it tough, but you've got those, and now you've got all these values that are going to trickle in from these injuries. So, I mean, there's just so many ways to go here, but I, I do like your call there on Metcalf quite a bit, and then we talked about it earlier with Odell. That's the other guy I think is just too good of a play at 5,900 healthy, different, you know, everything going on there. It's, it's a spot to play him as well at 5,900. He's, we've only got him at 8% ownership as of right now, because of guys like Metcalf and McLaurin and Jackson and those that have the chalk associated with them. So I do like that call as well. Um, last, uh, let's talk about Julio. What do you guys think? 
I know you were, uh, Tambo was on Ridley, um, but Brett, uh, who, who do you prefer, Ridley, Julio, or none of the above, or both? Um, I'd be more on the Ridley side there. Um, I, making, making stacks there, I think it was just uh, grabbing, grabbing either one. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I ever double stacked yet uh, with both of them. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to have probably less than the field there and just do strictly game stacks with Julio. Uh, Devante is going to be uh, peppered throughout my lineups for sure at yeah. that price. I'm same there. Uh, I talked about Ridley already, and we're going to segue to tight end shortly. And Neil Gallic Hurst is there if I'm double stacking, so I can use that all the same and, and be fine with it, to be honest, and not really worry too much about Julio. And like you said, I like Devonte much more. And then again, all the other guys that are cheaper and just keep pumping it into running back and different stacks that I make and, and more expensive quarterback like Russ or Ryan. So it works better for me that way. If we look at uh, like just just from uh, uh, just like zooming out. I feel like that Atlanta Seattle game has a chance to, you know, go over 65 points if, if certain scenarios happen, right. If Atlanta yeah. scores early uh, and that's, that's what you're looking for when you're trying to take down a tournament. So uh, these Atlanta Seattle stacks, I'm going to make most of those stacks as if Atlanta gets up early um, and obviously just peppering in most of the pass catchers uh, back and forth. That's the one game that I feel like has a shot of putting up a huge, huge number a lot of these other games, I just don't, I don't see it getting there. Um, I just, I just, I don't know, just not as confident. But this game, I feel like if Atlanta gets up early and they unleash Seattle's full offense, uh, I really like this spot. Agree. Um, all right, I'm going to also, I, I mentioned John Brown, I think is a sneaky play for a, a long one um, against that defense. Um, I'm going to mention one last one, uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, nobody, nobody's talking about him, but, um, you know, playing Carolina, who's just projected to be a terrible defense. Um, you know, this is a guy who is going to start in the slot, um, who has the athletic talent to break one. Right. And like, that's all I'm looking for. Like in this 5k range is we want like that, you know, missed tackle, which we talked about and like run, go to the house. And I, I think he fits the, he fits the mold here for that. Yeah, sorry, and that's like a good point because I brought it up earlier with uh, CMC talking about those secondary correlations, and there was a couple guys. Ruggs is one of them that I really like across from him. And then, again, I know we're talking about tight end here shortly, but a big Darren Waller fan as well. And those are just that's just unique secondary correlations. You're just not going to see enough of them. Like you said, nobody's really even talking about Ruggs. Uh, you know, you got other guys that you could risk is like Renfro and them, but I don't see the upside, right? Brian Edwards, I think, is the other one. So you could – Try and mess around there, but I like Rugs a lot more and Waller, and that's two guys that you can get across from CMC and make your lineups with CMC unique while still going with a play that could bust at 10K. Yeah, do not f- forget about Brian Edwards. Uh, there's yep. there's a lot of good um, – their beat writer has been talking a lot about him. He's also got height. He's six foot three in comparison to Rugs 5'11". Rugs is known as, you know, the fastest guy now maybe in the NFL. So – Speed Demon can take it to the house, which you want in a tournament. Uh, but Edwards, you know, touchdown equity, him and Waller for sure in the red zone. Yeah, I, I like game stacks here, like I previously talked about uh, with the Oakland Carolina game. So, uh, right in my uh, Yahoo article this morning, I uh, came to my attention that Waller ranked first in Football Outsiders DYAR, which is defensive adjusted yards above replacement. Long story short, he, he, performs extremely he's the top performing yeah it's crazy uh, 
once he uh, gets the catch. And um, all right, so uh, let's. I like him at tight end. So let's uh, let's start there. You know, so he's certainly in play. But like, who's going to be the chalk here? Um, I think Mark. I think, I think people are going to pay down for tight end this week in a lot of builds with uh, Chris Herndon. Oh, Hayden Hurst. I know is is pretty reasonably cheap 4,300 if he gets that same same role as uh, Atlanta gave uh, Hooper last year um, yeah. he's certainly capable of delivering on that role um, a lot of uh, Herndon talk as well 3,300 yeah because he's, yeah. he's so cheap um, Buffalo has always been extremely good against uh, opposing tight ends but they also you know everyone uses their stats that they ranked first against the tight end last season but um they didn't really face many good tight ends last season either. So um, I'm not sure how much weight you can put into any of that stuff. Plus it's, uh, I mean, we know it's a good defense, but we also know that they're going to, there's not many reliable passing options for Darnold at this point. Um, everybody's banged up, but uh, it's going to, looks like it's going to be Crowder and Herndon. You know, there was a lot of great talk with Herndon uh, over the off season. So it just makes a lot of sense. So he's 3,300. So I, I like that play too. Jack Doyle. I've heard people mentions getting some love now. Um, yep. I'm not sure if I'm there myself, but do you guys have any thoughts? Um, one guy that I'm going to bump up for sure is TJ Hawkinson. If Galladay is out, um, I, I expect uh, Chicago still to be pretty tough to run against. So, I, I mean, I think you can safely say he's going to have the second most amount of targets behind Marvin Jones and Hawkinson's been a freak. Uh, if you read like all the preseason report or like all the beat reports. So, I kind of want to get in early on Hawkinson. I've kind of already described my love for Mark Andrews. Kittle is the number one tight end playing against a, a Arizona scheme. That's always given up points versus tight ends. I don't know if that's changed, but if we're going based upon the last few years, Arizona's always given it up to tight ends. And with all the San Francisco injuries um, makes sense that you could get Kittle for pretty low ownership. I think with people uh, going down to more value, um, but yeah, those are the guys that I'm kind of eyeing on right now. And I mean, the price on Ertz just screams like, cause like everyone's going to mm-hmm. want Kittle, like your initial, if you're building by hand, your initial thing is going to be like, okay, can I fit George Kittle? Cause against this Arizona matchup. And then you're going to say, oh no, I can't. Well, Ertz is 5,800 and he's almost like George Kittle. Um, so I think he'll get a lot, he'll be really popular. Uh, Goddard, we both, I know Tambo and I said, we both like it just, you know, I mean, they run, they, they run these two tight end sets, the pretty much all game. And, uh, you know, with their lack of, uh, receive, you know, healthy receiving options, Goddard has to be in the mix as a, as a weapon for, uh, for Wentz. And, uh, he often gets overlooked because of Ertz. So um, something that I need to research is how many games that Goddard and Ertz played together last year. I know they were kind of, uh, Goddard was basically healthy the whole year. And then Ertz was in and out, obviously all the wide receivers, um, but I feel like in the playoffs, they played a little bit together. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, that's something that I'm going to have to research. But I re- I was really strong on the way Goddard looked at the end of last year. So if he's going to be out there for full snaps in 12 tight end sets, I mean, that price tag of 4,100 is ridiculous. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hawkinson makes a lot of sense. I don't know if we can – guarantee that he'll be the the second option in this offense because like every year we I mean we all last season we thought Hawkinson was going to be utilized a lot more than he was sure. but you know all the coach speak says that he he had a great offseason and 
Um, even though he's still not quite a hundred percent with his ankle, they said, but uh, um, throughout the off season, but he's supposed to be uh, heavy utilized it's this season. So funny. Like I read like a report right before where he personally said, I feel like I'm a hundred percent before I went on the pod. So um, I don't like, I'd rather hear that from a player than, you know, um, when, when you don't hear anything and you're trying to judge like a beat reporter, but like when a guy says, Hey, I feel, I feel 100% back to health. Like I'm just going to go with that. So Hunter Henry, anyone? Yeah. I, I liked him a little bit more. Like I said, when I was able to do some stuff with Tyrod, I'm not going to shy completely away from it just because the center situation, I just, that's one that I've, you know, one of my DFS lessons in the past has been, you know, the O-line centers, all that stuff matters so much in this game that, you know, people just overlook it. And even Vegas, sometimes as far as a betting standpoint goes, they don't adapt the line quickly enough when they see, you know, an old, a couple of linemen are down. We get that news late Saturday. They don't adjust. And normally those running backs are like the cheaper owned or sorry, the lesser owned cheap options that sometimes go off in the games. So, uh, you know, back to tight end with, with Hunter Henry, I've got some interest still there in him. I, I think he's a play. You talked about Hawkinson. I'm with you there. I'm not really worried about, and I like what you just said, Brett. I'm glad he's saying that about himself versus a coach who sort of has to protect his players. When a player is saying it, it's you know normally dead on. They're saying that not only for themselves, but they want their coaches and teammates to hear that so they know that they can be counted on. So I like yeah. that. And there's no guarantee, but he's going to be a great leverage play when you think everyone's going to go with Marvin Jones. And even as these other, you know, Marvin Halls and Cephas plays get talked up, he's a, a great option. I think they're at 4,200, one he, other he might guy end one, up. He might end up the chalk by the end of by Sunday. It, yeah, it could. Yeah, I think you're right. You know that could definitely happen. Uh, you know, I see that. I'm still with you on Goddard. Like you said, I like that play. And then one other guy I want to bring up. Maybe get your guys' thoughts so you can you know just bash it completely. Actually, got a really ugly one after this. But I was going to say, uh, Eifert is interesting to me at 3,300. Nobody's going to really be on him. He fits with my Minshew stacks. If you want to put, you know, Minshew. Chark and Eifert with a guy like Mac, and you just say, look, Mac's going to come out and pound the rock 20 times, score two touchdowns, and they're going to go to work on the other way. You, you can use him in there as a, a super cheap stack option if you think that game could get there. The absolutely most disgusting play ever that I wanted to talk about just for two seconds, and you guys can bash it, is O.J. Howard. Because you know what we just saw with David Johnson last night? This is going to be the exact same scenario. I'm predicting this right now. If you got Kamara or you do get up to Thomas or whatever you decide in a secondary stack, nobody's going to have them with O.J. Howard. People maybe go Gronk just because they think about the Tom Brady connection, but you know this is when O.J. Howard's going to pop and score at least a touchdown, if not more, just to troll the whole world that tried it for every single week last year that he was in a game. I like it. I mean, Brady loves the tight end, obviously, and I don't think that – I feel like they're going to – like Gronk is not going to be heavily utilized all throughout Gronk's the season. Gronk's going to be a blocker. I mean, he's yeah. That's my thoughts. Yes, and and we'll see. And then they'll they'll have their their plan for him when the games really matter. But like, I don't see them leaning heavily on him in in week one, whatsoever. And Howard is athletic, right? Like he, man. Hopefully, he can have a good game and come out the gates good to start the season. So um, I, I can get get behind that. Eifert. I mean, that's just scary as hell. But that's like a. a Millie maker play to, to win. Um, and I can see that too. There was a lot of good hype about him um, and nobody wants to play him, especially because like, he's not even like as the number one tight end on the depth charts, but like those depth charts mean nothing. And uh, all the coach speak was about Eifert and they paid him, you know, a decent amount of money. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's definitely got a 
red zone equity. So I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, the only other guy that I'd want to hear a take on uh, is maybe Hayden Hurst. Uh, Hurst obviously stepping in a, a role that Atlanta used their tight end a ton last year with Hooper. Um, if he steps into that role, we know he's got uh, talent. He's a first round pick. Um, now gets gets to up his snap rates in Atlanta in a passing offense. Uh, this could be a spot where you might need to get in early because uh, he's at 4,300. I do like him in stacks. I don't know how often I'll have him outside of those stacks, but um, do, you, do you guys have a, a, a lean one way or the other with Hayden Hurst? We like him. Uh, yeah, I like him in the, what you just said, though, Brett. I kind of like him in those little sem- – like mini sem- like I said, a Carson Hurst – would be better for me when I think most people are going to use Hurst in game stacks or that, you know, you even talked about that game and how stackable it is. I agree. I'm just, that's where I'm going to try and get a little bit different. Cause I think he's just the natural fit into those three, one, three, two builds where I can just use him as a, you know, a one-off. I think it's a great play at 4,300, but there's so many tight ends you can use. And that's another thing I'm going to disperse these guys. And we don't talk about defense on here, but like defense and tight end typically are where I'm just going to go and let the, you know, the optimizer, or if I'm doing it by hand, even just mix and match and go around the way a little bit that way. Yep. All right. Uh, that's right. Um, we, we hit on stack. Should we say our favorite stack? Can yeah, we, we can do that. Favorite um, stack. I already know Tambo's is Jacksonville. He's already planted his flag. Too many guys I like on this Minshew stack, man. I got to roll. Like, it looks good. You're going to have like a five-man Minshew stack. Run it. You know, your whole lineup is <laughs> going to be. Thompson, Eifert, Shark, you know, bring it back with Hilton. Might do the whole game stack there, you know, Mac, Hilton. And then you're just going to have Michael, then you're just going to have Michael Thomas and uh, CMC uh, to go along with it. I'm going to try and build it. Because you can fit them all. Um, What's uh, another favorite stack? Yeah, I'll I'll just throw out one that I didn't really talk about. Um, But it'll be, it'll be uh, in the Oakland Carolina game. So, uh, staying away from uh, Christian McCaffrey and buying the passing game. Uh, like I said, this is a totally new situation, new head coach, uh, new offense coordinator, new quarterback, um, just buying uh, DJ Moore with, with Ian Thomas and then bringing it back with one of the Oakland rookie uh, wide receivers, I think is a great way to start a, a build. And using, you're going to use Teddy you're talking about? Yeah, with ten. Yeah, of course. I just we didn't really talk about him a lot earlier, so I'm making sure you were saying that, and not Derek yep. Carr the other way. So okay. I mean, I don't hate my, that. One, one last nugget. One go. Sorry to uh, one last nugget though. I forgot to mention this one. I wanted to talk about it was Cam Newton to Demir Bird, his boy from Carolina. Oh. Don't forget, and, and that's a super interesting Millie Maker one. If you're putting together some Cam Newton stacks, Demir Bird is a, a good little guy to put in there with them as a cheap play that nobody's going to be on. I like that. I like that. I'll have to do it since I'm here in, uh, in New England. Um, all right. Um, I mean, I already planted my flag with Deshaun Jackson, Carson Wentz. It's going to be chalk. I don't care because my non-chalk stack uh, for sure is going to be Josh Allen. And you can even do Josh Allen with Diggs and John Brown. All oh, of them. You're gonna it's going to be tough. Gonna be- it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. You're gonna ha- you just have to hope for some Jets points. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to run it back with your favorite Jets, which is probably gonna have to be Jameson Crowder. Me, ah, man, Le'Veon can't do anything. But you're gonna get that stack for point zero one percent. Yeah, and that's what that's what it takes, my friend. That's what it takes to to get to the top. I haven't been there, but maybe this week um, of the Millimaker. But that's a wrap. This has been uh, week one of the. RG DFS Tournament Takes podcast, and we will check you again next week. Thank you. See you guys.
See you guys. Is that it? That's it. Still says recording on my end. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're going to have to snip the beginning and the end anyway, so just tell them that when you send it over. <laughs>